This meeting is being recorded by the organizer. Welcome to Love Talk. I am your host, Tracy J. Hines, and this is Love Talk. We talk about a little bit of everything. Uh, I have two hosts, Leslie Lee and Terry Saleh. I think Leslie's on. What's up, Leslie? Hey, Trace. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm cold. I don't know why I'm so cold. Cold? Yes. You must not live in Florida. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I have my electric blanket on. My feet are still cold. I'm just cold to my bones. I am sorry to hear that. Not It's not a good feeling to be cold. Mm -mm -mm. How have you been? I've been pretty good. I've been pretty good. I can't complain too much. Um... You know, this week I had a little uh, procedure on my back. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling rested. I'm feeling a little pain, not too much. You know, I was apprehensive this evening. I said, you know, we're going to do a recording tonight. I don't know if I should take, you know, the nice things that they gave me to control the pain, but we'll see how it goes. If I sound a little crazy, you know, that'll be my excuse. <laughs> Those are good drugs. Yeah, but it's good. It's good. It's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. You know, I thought for sure that I would be feeling like I was going to die, but I don't. I feel a little pain and I'm ready to get back out there and start ripping and running and riding and, you know, just tackling life like I, like I want to. Good. That's good. I'm glad all went well with the surgery. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's crazy how nowadays they have you do these outpatient um, surgeries. I know. These it doesn't major make sense. surgeries are outpatient. Like, I don't, I don't understand that. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense. I think people, you don't know conditions that someone's going home to. So um, maybe you should give them a little grace and let them spend the night, um, kind of get some rest. Cause you don't even know what they came from leading up to the surgery. But you know, anyway. with COVID, I don't know if I would want to stay in the hospital. I don't want to go in worse than what I came out. I might not want to go. I might not want to stay with COVID. And maybe, I think, you know, that has a lot to do with it. And maybe um, I am looking at where I came from. Mm -hmm. And everything seemed to be top notch. And I know what seems on the outside is not what it always is, but everything seemed to be top notch. So I was okay if I had to stay at night, but I'm sure that's what the cases are. Mm -hmm. As with COVID and people getting sick and all of that, um, mm -hmm. they don't want people in the hospital. Yeah. Terry's here. Hey, hey Terry. How are you? What's going on? Uh, another day in February, girl. February, we wrapping February up though. We get right going. Yeah, yeah February is almost over. It's almost done. Yeah. It's almost yeah. done. Um, it came, it went. It's Black History Month. I'm doing something different this year. You know, every year for Black History, I used to go in and, and write something every day because I was actually learning, teaching myself and learning new things that that black folks have done to create and write or whatever it is to contribute to society. But this year, um, I heard something on one of my news feeds and it, somebody said something about honoring everyday people. So that's what I'm going to do tomorrow, mm. the last day of the month, I'm going to honor someone who's not famous and, um, see how that plays out. I thought that was interesting. Mm. Yeah, I've been trying to, you know, do a little Black history during Black History Month, looking at documentaries and, you know, learning stuff when I can. Yes, yeah, that's what I do. I do the same thing, little things. You know what I, one fun fact that I didn't know, um, and maybe I did, but, you know, as you progress in life, things you know you don't always recall, um, cornrows, that they were maps. I don't, I don't remember hearing that before. Mm -hmm. uh, roots of how to get out of the plantation or off of the plantation and onto the next step of where you'd find safety and then on to the next step. So I, I thought that was pretty interesting. That was the one fact that I That's cool. I I've never heard that. 
I also heard that they would hide um, rice and seeds within the cornrows, Mm. depending on where they were going. So they would know what rows they're going through, that kind of an idea? No, no, no. I think when they, when slaves were, when they came over here, they, something I remember about seeds and rice and grain or something that they would hide in their hairstyles. Ah, okay. Okay. I have to but check I'd on have that. to go I've back and check. Yeah. But I do I remember to... hearing about cornrows being a, a map. Yeah, I have to check on that one. I haven't heard that one either. So anyway, I kind of like this once a month coming together and just chatting. I I enjoy this. I mean, it was good every week, but I think once a month, I I look more forward to it. It doesn't feel Mm -hmm. as, oh, stressful. It feels more like some fun time. But um, the last time, yeah. Why don't you catch Terry up to speed with um, what happened with you last week? Unless you've already talked, you know, behind the scenes. We did. We did speak behind the scenes earlier today. (laughs) So it's all good. Um, But the last time we got together, Leslie, you know, you laid down some heavy, heavy information about uh, being adopted. And I kind of wanted to circle back on that topic because there's some things that I want to ask you, and I hope you're okay with sharing just in case Mm -hmm. other people here and they're going through something. I don't recall asking you what happened. Was there an event in your life that said, now is the time, this is when I will seek to find my biological because, I don't know, an event in your life, something something happened. What made you do it at the time that you did it? I did it at the time that I did it. And I don't know if you remember conversations that we used to have over the years. But I always said that as long as my parents were alive, I was good. I didn't need to look for anybody because I just had a wonderful life. But when my parents left, I felt like I want to know something. I I, I want I just want to know. I wasn't looking because I was trying to replace any parents. I just wanted to know. Okay. And in that knowing. Did you have like this family built up in your head that you had lived with from the moment yes, you realized you were adopted? <laughs> what did that yes, mean? girl. <laughs> what was supposed to happen was <laughs> Diane Carroll was supposed to appear <laughs> and tell me <laughs> that she had to make the hardest decision in her life. But she was able to go on and she created a wonderful life for herself. And then she, and she always had wanted to know. a million dollar inheritance for you. Girl. And, and it was definitely Diane Carroll, right? <laughs> well, yes. Well, she's she's long gone now, right? So right, she right. was gone before my, I found my birth family. But oh, yeah, it was supposed to be somebody who was Diane Carroll esque. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and what about your dad? What did you think about your, who your dad would be? You know, what was that? Was I, didn't give, I didn't give any thought to what a father would be. Not that I did not love my mother, but I feel like there's no man on this earth that could ever replace my father. So I was never even looking for a dad. Because typically when you search, you always think about the birth mother, right? You think about your mother. And then, you know, if a dad comes into the picture, that's something different. But it's always about the mother and the relationship the mother had with that child and what the mother had to do to, you know, birth the child, give up a child. So if right. you think about a dad, for me, I didn't think about a dad. I, I wasn't even thinking about looking for a dad. Okay. Okay. Um, and how did your expectations compare with reality? It was hard. My expectations and my reality did not align. And so I met a person who 
you can tell she had challenges. Mm-hmm. She she lived a life that she was constantly um, in society's standards. I shouldn't say constantly in society's standards. She lived a difficult life, but I don't know that for sure, right? Maybe from what I assume and what I met, maybe it wasn't difficult. I don't so know. So I get what you mean when you say from society standpoint, because society tells us what's good, right, wrong, or indifferent. So just mm-hmm. because it's not convenient or the way society thinks one should live, it may have been okay for her. But not for society. Right. I get what you mean by that. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I, I it, it wasn't easy, actually, because she did not want to meet me at first. And I think it, it wasn't personal against me. It was just that she ha- she's had experiences that would make her say, like, oh, okay, no, I don't need my past coming back to haunt me. I think she really thought, she didn't look at it as a blessing initially. Right. And I, I think she struggled with that a lot. It, it, for her, I, I assume it felt like her past was coming back to haunt her. So I mean, mm-hmm. you said that it wasn't, you know, she didn't initially want to meet you, right? Mm-hmm. Initially, did you feel like you just wanted to break down and cry? How could mm-hmm. she not want to meet me, you know? Or is it something that you came to terms with over time? I was always prepared to accept whatever was going to come my way because I had parents. I had a mother. So Mm -hmm. there's nobody that could reject me and make me feel that way from a mother's perspective. I had a mother. So the fact that she wasn't ready, I, I, I was okay with that. Give her her space. I'm good. I'm I'm not going to force myself on anyone. It's not, it wasn't the same rejection. Like if my mother who raised me rejected me, that would have hurt my feelings. Right. But I, I, I couldn't have that kind of hurt and pain from somebody I didn't even know. Right. Right. I didn't know her. And you so, also had great parents that raised mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. you had yeah. Great I think that, that softens the blow knowing, hey, I got mm-hmm. the better end of the deal. Yeah. And then I also look at it being a young mother, if I had to make that same choice, would I be ready to deal with my past unexpectedly if it came my way? Mm. That was a lot. That's true. Some people want that door to stay closed. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people do. I understood that too. You you envisioned your, your mom as Diane Carroll. Did you have any visions for your extended family, your siblings? Did you think anything about that as once you learned? First, let me ask you this. Mm. How early were you when you learned that you were adopted? Oh, um, probably, I was probably about seven or eight. And okay. how we found out, my brother was adopted too. My brother, Stephen, he was adopted. Mm-hmm. And my parents, like back in the day, there was no like, are oh, you going to go to a daycare and do all this stuff? When we are at work in the summertime, you stay your behind home, don't touch nothing and don't burn my house down. So we stayed home a lot in the summertime outside of the weeks that we went to summer camp. So Stephen was the one that was snooping around in their paperwork and Lee, look what I found. So he found the paperwork and it was, um, he found his adoption paperwork, but we never saw mine. Never in that paperwork. I don't know where it was. Never saw my paperwork. So I'm like, well, maybe I am their child. Well, you know that that fantasy of wanting to know more about who right, you right. are. Um, but we never confronted them. Never asked any questions. We never, um, like I, I never felt any kind of way. Like. I just had a conversation last week with one of my cousins, one of my older cousins. And, you know, she's like 15, 16 years older than me. So I didn't have anything in common with her. But when we spoke, we I was just saying that, you know, you know, I was adopted. She's like, yeah, but we never thought about that. 
as a family, we never thought about that. You were just less than B's kids. That was right. never something that, that anybody ever thought of. Right. So, All right. So you're seven. You're seven, mm -hmm. and you found this seven. out, right? Mm -hmm. Um. So at seven, did you start thinking about, well, maybe there are more of me than maybe there are the siblings? Did mm -mm. that, like, how you envisioned your mother being the Diane Carroll? Did you vision your family being more like the Brady Bunch kind of family where everybody was blending, or what was that? At that age, I wasn't even thinking about a family. I think I was more hurt to know that I wasn't their birth kid. Right. But and I wasn't thinking about older, what a family looked like, huh? As you got older, did you start thinking about um, if you had other siblings and other nieces and nephews and, and uncles and aunts and things like that? I, As I got older, I always thought like, okay, from what my parents told me, they said, we don't know anything about your birth mother. We just knew that she was very young and she gave you up. She might've been about 15 or 16 when she had you. So in my mind, the first thing I'm thinking about is I must've been the, own, the oldest child. Right. I, I had to be the oldest, right? Thinking that my parents knew something, but they didn't know I wasn't the oldest child. There was two kids ahead of me. Mm. So my birth mother gave up her first three born for adoption. And they were all girls or a mixture? All girls. The first three girls she gave up for adoption. And there was different reasons for all of them. Like the first one, she was way too young. The second one, I imagine she was way too young. By the time she had me, she was 18. And I don't think it was because she was way too young. I mean, she could have, we all know, you know, with good support, you could raise a child at 18. I think yeah. it was something else going on. I can't speak for somebody who's not here, but I think it had to do with the fact that my birth mother had this main guy that she married and she loved that guy, but I wasn't his kid. Oh, so I so think it had something twist. to do with that. <laughs> but I can't say that. I can't speak to somebody who's not here any longer. So right, right. But you can, you can, you can, you know, put your best detective hat on and, and look at the facts. So, yeah. um, a couple of things that I think I missed that I wanted to ask you. I mean, obviously you and I have been friends for years, so I know the story, but I always feel like whatever we talk about, it can help someone else who's going through. Mm -hmm. So, um, just deal with me for a little bit longer here. Mm -hmm. So now that you know this, were you playing detective and trying to figure out, because if I understand your, your, biological mother has passed she has since passed mm -hmm. and you didn't really get to spend a whole lot of time with her mm -hmm. were you able to you know kind of put some puzzle pieces together and put a story together in your head and figure out um some things girl i was a super sleuth okay i put together a lot of the pieces that i needed because i mean with social media with just information is out there i I found things that out that other people didn't even know. And then I found out who my birth father was. I had a name that I just needed a name. And once I started going for a name, I started going through everybody's Facebook page. I mean, I don't know. People try to play this game like, I don't be looking at it. I look, okay? If you don't want your information out there, then close up your account because I'm going to look. I look at your pictures just like people look at my stuff. I'm sure. So right, I've right. started putting things together and I started looking to see who's related to who and, and who knows this person. And it was, I, I was a super sleuth the whole time. I wanted mm -hmm. to know, and I wanted to put this, to this piece together for myself. Like my birth mother didn't know where my birth father was. She said she lost contact with him many, many, many years ago. So I wasn't going to like keep at it and keep asking her something if she didn't know. But I found out what I needed to know. Right, right. Wow. Mm. And how are your relationships now? You know, once you meet, essentially, even though they're family, they're, they're strangers. Once you meet these strangers, have you been able to um, build or forge any relationships that are, you know, you think will be lifelong? I mean, I, I've met a lot of people. And when I say a lot, I mean, it, it's, to find out that I have birth family, birth blood family out there, 
I've met quite a few people. There are some people that I will continue to stay in contact with. And then there's some people like it's got to be more organic, right? I'm not going to subscribe to things that happened way before I came into the picture. I don't have anything to do with that. Right. I don't know these people. I'm not picking a side. I'm not mad because you're mad. I don't do that. So right. when it feels like it's starting to get to me and get under my skin and I just, I, I'll leave you alone. You can have at it. I don't, I don't need that. I don't need any of it. So the relationships that I am interested in moving forward with, I am. I do move forward. I do. Um, people, we don't, it's not a constant, like I, like I call you all the time or, or I talk to anyone else, but when I'm, when I do hear from some people, I'm so glad to hear from them and, and I will call, I need to, I need to do better. I, I need to do better about, you know, reaching out to people and just keeping up to date with them. But yeah, there's some people that I will definitely stay in contact with. It is so weird. It's weird. Like when you hear stories about what's going on in people's lives and, and for me, I feel like I should have more of emotion about it, but I don't, how? Like I just learned a couple of weeks ago that one of my biological brothers just passed away. And I felt for everybody who's still here, but I never even met him. Right. So I don't know how, like, how, how am I supposed to feel? I don't, well, this died. is new. You know, this is uncharted territory. So this yes. is new, you don't know. And, and you feel what you feel and that's it. And I don't want to come off as cold. I mean, no, it I doesn't. Have... Not, it doesn't to me. It doesn't sound cold to me. It sounds honest, and I, I think I appreciate that. It sounds honest. Hmm. You're brave, Leslie. You are absolutely brave. Me, I don't know that I would want to um, find people because you know my feelings would be hurt from the very beginning that you didn't stick it out, okay. that you decided that the easier thing to do was um to make that choice to give the child up so i would have been you know, i'm petty i know i know but i like especially since i met my birth family i know my my family that raised me i come on now i know that's why i said good person than I, I i i'm thankful I am mm -hmm. so thankful because you could have stuck it out with me and I could have been a different person. We wouldn't be having this conversation tonight. So I, I'm thankful. I'm oh beyond the thing that I have the most regret about is that my parents are not here today so that I can hug and kiss them and love up on them and thank them some more. Mm -hmm. That's the only if regret you, I have. Okay. If you were to, to meet someone, who is struggling with the idea of looking for their biological parents. What, and, and obviously, you know, this is your opinion because, you know, this is what we do here. Um, what would you say? What would your advice be? You know, what, what would you say? I would, my advice would be to be very clear about what it is that you want. What, what are you looking for? And be clear that what you expect and what you get may be two different things. We, some people romanticize, and because I, I watch movies and stories and television shows, and you romanticize about something, and right. then when you find out what the reality is, it could be very different. I, so be clear, like, what is it that you're looking for? How does this help you? I think how it helped me is that I got answers to a, a lot of questions that I had for myself. Like I always grew up, like, I don't know if you ever watched um, the show, This Is Us. And yeah. the young black guy, he's always like, whenever he was younger, he's looking at other black families. Like, is that my family? Can I be related to them? I've had right. those thoughts. I feel, I know that. I know that feeling like, could that be my family? I, and then I say too, like, I could pass each and every one of these people on the street that I met. And I would never make that connection. Like, oh, that, that, that could be mine. And you want to hear something so crazy? My oldest sister, Noreen, was in a situation in the now, same Noreen room. Is your older sister that you met after 
you learned who your biological mother was? No, she was part of the whole process. Okay. I met her first. Okay. But Noreen was, years ago, she was in a setting where she was in a room with our youngest sister in a very close setting. I'm not going to go into details because that's somebody's business. Right, but they right. were in the same room together at the same place at the same time. They didn't have a connection like, oh, my God. Then they, they, When you put us all together, you can see some kind of similarity. But if I passed everybody on the street, I would never give it a second thought. I, like I said to you last time we spoke, people thought you and I were sisters. Right, right, right. So I guess, it. I don't know. I found out what I needed to know. Like, I see pictures of family members from uh, years past. Like, I look a lot like my maternal grandmother when she was younger. Mm -hmm. I look a lot like my maternal grandfather as he was aging. So I see, I see similarities, but I didn't right. see anything that would make me like know right away. Like, Oh, this is my family. This is my tribe. I didn't see that. Wow. It's heavy. It's very heavy. Terry, I have a question for you. I know you were not adopted, but how do you think you would handle something like this? Um, I think probably similar to Leslie, I think I would be very grateful that the family that ended up adopting me gave me a much better life than the mother they gave me up. So I would be very happy and grateful that, you know, we were all raised very well in Long Island, mm -hmm. storybook childhood, in my opinion. Yeah. And Utopia. Utopia. It was like the perfect mm -hmm. childhood for me. And I think for all of us on this call, so I would be like, girl, thank you for giving me up. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Lord. I wasn't going to say all that. <laughs> but thank you. And you didn't, Liz. And you didn't. So we're just going to change this little, this little uh, beat just a bit. Um, you know, I have been single, in my opinion, forever and ever. And ever, but I still believe, I still think, you know, he's there, he's out there. I'm trying to find some comfort somewhere. So pardon me. He's out there. Um, even though, you know, you think of marriage when you become you're younger, not when you're in your fifties, but, um, I have a girlfriend who's coming on the call. Um, she should be on in a few minutes and I just admire her and the person that she is and her story. You know, she is not in her late 20s, early 30s and just starting out on the married thing. She's been married before. But what people don't tell you is there's so much hope in your 40s and beyond. And she is one of these women that have found her guy, you know? And I've always wanted, we hang out. She gives parties, I go, we hang, we do things, we're friends. But I've always wanted to um, know how it all came to be, that she met her man and everything. And I never wanted to like infiltrate her business when we were at a function and all of that stuff. So I never asked her. So today um, she graciously agreed to come on the show so we can talk about being single in your 40s and finding uh, true love. I don't know how it works out, but I always seem to be in a circle of women and friends where everybody's married except for me. I don't know. Maybe that's like the universe talking to me. It's going to happen at some point. Do you want to get married again? Um, I don't know that I want to get married, but I do know that I want a companion, a life partner. I want someone to share with. I want someone to build with minus the game. You know, I just can't, um, I can't do it at this stage in my life. I just don't have the energy for that. You know, I think that dating and game, that's for the young girls. You know, I don't have that energy anymore. So yeah, I want somebody, Terry. I definitely do. And I meet people, but, um, I don't think I've met, I had not, I don't think I know I haven't met the right one. Cause I really do believe that when I do, I will know, I yeah. will know it's that person. Yeah, so, I mean, Terry, you know, can I, dating let me is, ask. Go ahead, oh, Leslie. No, 
let me ask you a question in reference to being in a um, marriage for so long. Do you feel that dating at our age should be more, um, I want to say prescriptive in the sense that Tracy's saying she doesn't want the gameplay. I think that for our age women, I think that coming right out the box, telling somebody exactly what you want, what you're looking for, do you think that would be helpful knowing that to be in a committed relationship for such a long time, you're going to have to go through a whole lot before you get to the place where you feel comfortable and settled? I think dating should be more prescriptive. Well, if I understand the question, yeah, I think definitely when you are 40 plus in dating, yeah, come straight to the point. Let's be honest. We don't have a lot of time to be, oh, oh, I'm not sure. I don't know. Oh, maybe, maybe not. Let me play. No, girl, we are over 40, girl. Let's get straight Mm -hmm. to it. Um, and to be honest, I mean, games are still going to go on, though. Let's be mm-hmm. real, because people are still playing games in their 50s, 60s, 70s. So yeah. you got to be ready for them. But hopefully you should be a veteran by then and know what games you are going to play and what games you're going to opt out of. I'm not even playing that game. You can go ahead and take that with some to somebody else. Yeah, that's how I feel. I feel like I am not interested in games and anybody that has any kind of potential at this stage of the game, I kind of want to know early on, you know, we on the same uh, playing field. So let me introduce our next guest. Okay. Again, like I said before, she is a friend of mine and I have always wanted to know a little bit more about how her wonderful relationship turned into what it is. Anyway, her name is Michelle Rolston, and she is the proud mother of two boys and owner of Key West Colors, The Art of Ray Ralston. And she is a newlywed of 15 months. Hey, Michelle, what's up? Good evening, everyone. How's everybody doing today? Hi, Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Nice to meet you. Those are my co-hosts. Nice to meet you as well. I was actually trying to... uh, join in through the visual dial pad but it's not loading so i'm calling in with you guys it's okay you're here i was telling them michelle about you and um dexter and um how i've always been intrigued and i and every time we're together at an event i just never felt like that was the right time to say right tell me how you guys came together you know so I invited you to my uh, Love Talk podcast to just kind of get the inside scoop. And also because I think women my age and, and your age and Terry's age and Leslie's age, sometimes they feel like it's it's hopeless and it's never going to happen. And that's not me. I believe in love. I believe it's going to happen at some point. So um, tell me your story. How did you meet and you may have been there when I met him. I actually met him at Jazz in the Garden, a concert, and I was greeting people at the front gate, and he was kind of standing around. So I just went up to him and I said, hi, how are you? And then he looked at me and he was like, do I know you? And I'm like, no, I'm just saying, you know, I'm just saying hi to you. How are you doing? You know, and we started talking and that's what kicked it off. And it was, it's a two-day concert, so I met him on that Saturday, and, you know, we spoke, and then I saw him again on Sunday, and he actually had asked me if myself and one of my girlfriends would volunteer for an upcoming event that he was having, and we had agreed, you know, we had agreed to it, and I had given him my phone to put his phone number in. And I did try to reach out to him about the volunteering, like, the following week, and but I had the wrong number. He put the wrong number in my phone. And then my girlfriend called me about a week later, and she's like, oh, he's been trying to get in touch with you. And I reached out to him and called him, and, you know, we spoke a couple times. We 
planned our first and second date like on a Sunday and the following Monday and that's how we initially met. So I want to ask, can I ask your age? Is that okay? Do you mind sharing? Yeah, I'm 51. I'm 51. And I this... think when I met him, I was 48 when I met him. I'm 51 now. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's mm-hmm. what I want to put out there. It's not over, ladies. Anybody that's in your 40s and above, it's not over. This is living proof. Okay. So, like, how did you know he was the man? You know, what 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 steps did you guys go through? Because it's not easy. Well, I... No, it's it's not easy. And at the time, I think there are times where we're all kind of um, actively looking. This was not one of those times for me. Um, I had kind of gotten to the point where, you know, most of us ladies get to where it's like, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You know, I think at that time, I was pretty turned off. Right. With a lot of the gentlemen that I was meeting, I was turned off because, you know, I've always dated men a few years older than me. And at this point, I'm dating men in their 50s. And it's like the games just had not changed. You know, and I was, I was a bit tired of that, you know, going through the same thing and, you know, just meeting people and they're not very upfront with, you know, who they are or what's going on in their life and, you know, just misrepresenting themselves, you know. You know, I think that ideally you think that once, you know, we get older or we're more mature, you know, everybody, you know, the games would stop and um, we would be a lot more transparent in what it is we're looking for. You know, so I was at a a point where I'm like, look, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. However, my husband, um, he was very intentional in what he was looking for. He he knew that what he was looking for was a was a wife. Um, he had been engaged um, a couple years before, and um, it didn't work out. You know, so he was very intentional with what he wanted. I remember having a conversation with him. You know, maybe our second or third date in and he said something about marriage you know and I kind of had a little bit of a negative reaction and he said to me he was like look if that's not what what your end goal is then we don't need to continue this so that's interesting wow so he knew I'm sorry were you previously married at any point I was I was previously married I was married in my 20s um I was married and divorced in my 20s. And then I had another um, serious relationship. I have two children. I have one that I had um, within my marriage, and then I have another one that I had during a serious relationship that did not result in marriage. Okay, okay. Now, when you talk about dating, right? You know, women tend, and I know I have done this in the past, which I'm trying to throw that out the window, that you have a type. Was Dexter your type that you were accustomed to dating or that you were, I know you weren't looking at the time, but was he your type? He was not my type historically. Let me put it that way. Okay. Um, He's not the type of guy that I would have historically dated. However... I started changing my mindset, you know, with another friend of mine who had said, you know, Michelle, you have to think outside the box and come out of your box that you're in. You know, um, my husband is somebody who's, you know, he's extremely peaceful and calm and mature. Um, And I don't know that those were qualities that I necessarily would have looked for in a partner, you know, 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Right, right. So he is older than you. Um, did he, that is. Affect- he is 10 years older than me. Does that affect um, your dating life? You know, did you find that you had to slow down the way you would normally date or was it easy peasy and smooth sailing? I, I, it was just a change in mindset again. You know, um, because I realized that the things that I was looking for before was not working out for me. So I just knew that I needed something different. And then also with maturity, 
mm-hmm. um, you know, it it comes to where I'm I'm looking now for someone who is chivalrous. I, you know, I wanted somebody who would open doors for me and you know pull my chair out, and I wanted a partner that I could be proud of, right? And a partner who worked as hard as I worked or harder. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've always been attracted to men with more of an entrepreneurial spirit. You know, so, so you know, so he had quantities, qualities that I never looked at before, but that I felt were important for me to have, um, you know, for my future. Because, you know, I too have grown over the years. So, you know, with that growth, you know, things change. In that growth, was there something, I said, in that growth over the years, was there Mm -hmm. any one thing that you think you put to the wayside means that you changed your mode of operation in that maybe attracted um, Dexter to you or? Um, I, I think my need to have someone that I could have um, good conversation with, thought-provoking conversation, um, you know, really being interested in, you know, just just everything going on in the world, um, you know, you know, and I've edu- you know, I've, I've educated myself along the way, and you know, I I was in a I I was in a better position. Um, I think I was in a better position, you know, financially, right? Um, credit was solid, you know, and things <laughs> that when you're younger you don't think about. Right, right, right. But mm-hmm. you know, as you get older. You know, the reality is whatever it is that you're looking for, you really need to get to that space yourself. Yeah, I think you that's know, key. It It is key, you know, because I hear like I hear, you know, some young, you know, I'll hear like some younger women, you know, you know, going through this list of things that they want in a man. And it's like, okay, how much of that do you yourself entail? You know, right. you want want them to have this and this and be able to bring this to the table and you know, but if you're gonna start making those demands and that's the kind of things you're looking for, you have to work on getting yourself there as well because a lot of what you want, those men are not gonna be attracted to you. Right. If, if you're, you're bringing not zero bringing to the, the table. same thing. Exactly. Right. <clears throat> exactly. So you guys- you guys have done a few dates, um, and mm-hmm. how did how did it go down? You know, how did it come to be where he said, "This is my wife. I know it's her, and you, that's going to be my husband." And how did that whole process go down? And how much time before you both knew? So, I mean, of course, my husband's extremely chivalrous, and he he, you know, just a really nice guy, and you know, just treated me extremely well, you know, when we would go out. Um, But a month into us dating, my dad passed away. And I remember the night my dad passed away, I called him and I said to my husband, I said, you know what? I said, now I know why you're in my life. My dad has passed the baton to you. Mm -hmm. And his exact words to me was, I got you. Nice. Well, no, well, you know, during the time, because my dad passed unexpectedly and, you know, during those, you know, the months after that, I realized that my husband was very good at knowing when he should step back and give me my space and when he needed to step up and really be there for me. And I really admired that. And my dad died in April. And I remember Thanksgiving, 
um, I had found out another friend of mine um, had cancer. And, you know, it was my first Thanksgiving without my dad there. And I wanted to be by myself. And um, Dexter, that's my husband's name, Dexter refused for me to be by myself. And he showed up at my house with a fully catered Thanksgiving dinner. It was like, you know, turkey, ham, and like 12 sides, you know. And they don't make them like that anymore, Michelle. <laughs> they don't make them like that no more. And and that day, I'm like, okay, he's a keeper. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. And I know from, from his perspective, he said that he knew I was the one when he had bronchitis. Well, he didn't know he had bronchitis. He wasn't feeling well. You know, and I'm like, okay, well, you need to go to the doctor. And he refused. So I just, you know, I left work and I just showed up at his front door and I'm like, okay, let me take you to the doctor, you know, to get this checked out. And he said, that's the moment when he knew that I was the one. Nice. I like it. I like all of that. And Michelle, these ladies laughed at me last week, not last week, last month. Cause I said that if I was ever in a situation where I'd find myself single and I, and I was dating, I would definitely go older because they bring a level of maturity, a place where I, 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 I feel like I still at this age of 55 have a lot to learn and somebody older is going to teach me the right somebody, right? If I want to be fiscally sound, if I want to be in a committed, caring relationship, somebody older is going to have a lot of those qualities and they've been around the block a few times and they're going to buy me a Cadillac. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, yeah, and it's like, as I, I, I listen to you talk and that's the hope, but you know, mm-hmm. unfortunately you still have some, you know, you have men and women in their sixties that they still just really don't know exactly what it is they want. True. And so the games ensue. So you hope that someone, you know, older than you will have that maturity level that you want, but it's not guaranteed. True. Right. It's really not guaranteed. It just depends on the individual, you know, and you just really have to hope that, you know, you're, you're able to meet that person. Absolutely. Keeping hope alive. So now, oh when does when when does he say, "Be my wife, marry me"? And when do you say yes? And and tell it me what was, the wedding was like. It was it was um three three days short of our eleven month anniversary of dating of actually meeting. Okay. It was um three days short of that, and it was it was my birthday week. And I thought I was going to dinner for his sister and her fiance for them to kind of finalize their plans for their wedding. That's what I thought I was going to, you know, and I show up, you know, I show up at this restaurant, you know, and I'm dressed real nice. And I see my husband because my husband's in media. So he has a photographer and I see his photographer there and he's like, oh, yeah, that, you know, the photographer here is for my sister. So I'm like, okay. You know, and his sister no big was deal. there with right. huh? His sister no was big there deal. With right, right, no big deal. His sister's there with her fiance and they tell me that they're waiting for her his sister's best friend and her husband to come. You know, we sit at the table and I'm like, oh, okay, whatever, and I'm waiting for them to come in and then I see my aunt and my cousin walk in because I'm there with my mom. It's Dexter, his sister, and her fiance and then I see my aunt and my cousin and my cousin's husband walk in so I'm like well what are they doing here but then I'm also thinking okay my birthday is in three days so you know this might be a surprise birthday dinner you know but everybody's just kind of looking at me like odd with like these odd smiles on their faces you know and then all of a sudden he turns and he goes well it's started with hello and soon as he said that i was like oh shit like uh, so then you remembered because that's how it all started 
into you. Okay. Yeah. So I'm like, oh my God. And then, you know, so he's talking at this point, like my mind is going like, you know, I'm not even listening to what he's saying. My mind is just like, you know, trying to figure out what's going on, you know, and then, then, you know, he pulls out the case and flips open the case with the ring. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, so, so that's how it happened. It was a complete surprise. I did not expect it. Well, Leslie has been married, what, 31 years? Mm-mm. It's going up. Wait a minute. Little 32? Joey's going to be, no, 36. It'll be 36 in June, wow. I think. Wow. God bless you. He's 36. And Terry, how long? It will be 33 years this year. Well, that's so, beautiful. Yes. When we go out, there's no hope in my homegirls helping me find, you know, because, you know, y'all are all married. So I don't know what's going on here. I got to find out a way to get connected. I think, and you know, so many, in so many cases that I see, it just doesn't happen when you expect it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, that's what I hear. And yeah, like you said, Tracy, you'll know it when you see it. Yeah. Yeah. Until then. Life happens. And you know, yeah, and you you might and you might not know it right away. It may take a little while for you to know it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I with my husband, I you know when I met him, you know it wasn't like right then and there. I'm like, oh yeah, this is gonna be my husband. You know, um, you know it got to the point where it was like, okay, well this would be a nice person to be my husband. Right, right. But I think what I liked about you guys is early on he said, you know. This is what I'm working for at the end game, you know, and if this is not what you're interested in, I mean, because at that point, then, you know, he's committed to the process. So even if you date for six months, 11 months, and it doesn't work out in the end, it wasn't that he was just coming in just to play. He was coming in, hoping that this would come to a marriage. So he's, he's dedicated to the process. And some of the nonsense that goes on when there is no dedication you were you you avoided i think that's nice yeah you do i have a question michelle sure what what type of um upbringing or background did your husband have was he raised in a um mother father home single parent grandparents raised him what what was his lifestyle like my husband as a young person as well, growing up, I think like um, elementary age, he was being raised by his grandmother in the Caribbean. And in then Caribbean, he, in the U.S. He's in Grenada. Okay. He was in Grenada, and then he migrated here and lived with his dad and his dad's wife. Um, and I think he he lived with them till he was about 16 and then he went out on his own. Wow. No wow. relationship yeah. with his mom. Oh yeah. He had a relationship with his mom, but he didn't, you know, he wasn't raised per se by his mother. He's never lived with his mom. How was his relationship with the, with her though? He respected her, respected her choices. Oh yeah, absolutely. He, oh, okay. he respected his mom and, um, you know, loves his mom. You know, he's never, you know, he's never had the opportunity to live with his mom. But yeah, he's he has a good relationship with his mom and he thinks very highly of his mom and he understands, you know, why she didn't raise him because she migrated to the United States, you know, which is very typical yeah, um, yeah. in the Caribbean society, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I I have the same situations in my family too, so... That's very but common. yeah. And yeah, you know but, what's funny to me, I, and I think I've, I mentioned this to you before, as a teenager, I know your husband. And I don't know him yeah. like he was my best friend and we were, right. you know, calling right. each other on the phone. But we all were in that circle of CW Post, SUNY Old Westbury, Hostra parties. And he mm-hmm. was there. He was at the parties yeah. and there. And, and that just makes me realize how small this world really is six degrees of separation is so real. Absolutely. And for it to come full circle. It's like, I can't believe this, that I just can't yeah. believe it. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely. When you were asking me about his upbringing, why were you asking that particular question? I'm always curious to see if what I think I know measures up with what really happens. And so what I think I know is when a person is raised in a family setting and there's a mutual respect and and an understanding what everybody brings to the table, that they have a, a, a reference or a, a idea of the life they want to craft for themselves. So when, not to say that it has to be that this, that your husband or anybody had to have lived with their mother or father, but if they had great people in their life that raised them and he has a healthy mutual respect for them, then I think that it shapes who that person is as an adult. And I, I think I that I, I'm, I'm pretty, I think that, I think that works for me in the way I think and how I, I, I view people or when I see people I like, think, Oh, you I wasn't think, raised well. I think you're correct with that. I mean, I've been in a relationship with someone who um, actually very similar to the situation with my husband. He was not raised by his mother, um, but he resented her for it. Mm. Whereas my my husband understood and, you know, understood and respected her decision, you know, this one didn't. He resented his mom, you know, for not raising him and for leaving him to be raised by his grandparents. And, you know, and I think it affected him as a person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because of that resentment. And so. Exactly. So it's Mm. like you can have people in the same situations, but how they handle it, you know, mm-hmm. determines a lot about how they live their own life. You almost need like a psychology degree to date. I really feel like that. You feel okay. that way, Tracy? You feel like I do. I do. Because, you know, I kind of want to trust people um, up front until they give me something not to trust them for. And then, you know, there's that other person that's hanging on my shoulder that'd be like, Mm-mm, girl, don't trust him. You know, damn well, it's going to end up, you know, that she's coming at me with these kinds of things. And you just don't know. You just don't know. Because those that want to deceive, they're good at deceiving because that's what they do. Very good. Very you know? good. And I don't... Go ahead. Dating is really tough. And I don't think I want to take on any more heartaches. And 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 in all honesty, that is that's the fear. That mm. is the absolute fear. You know, my heart has been through some stuff. It's been through some things. And mm. I don't know if another heartbreak, how it's going to bounce back. You know, just like women, young women that get pregnant, they have snapback. I don't know if my heart has snapback anymore. That's a true. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, that's that's real. Because um, mm-hmm. I was gonna say, I I think you can weed through all of the BS, but you're more concerned about protecting your heart. Um, and unfortunately, in relationships, there is gonna be some bobbing and weaving that you're gonna have to do. There is gonna be some measure of game playing, whether it's a good game or not. Um, so yeah. yeah, protecting your heart, you that's paramount for you right now. So it is going to be a little harder because you're coming yeah. in guarded and shielded. Tracy, my advice, Tracy, and I, I'm going to tell you this because I had this conversation with you before. Stay away from those, stay away from those dudes that tell you, let's not put a label on it. Let's see, let, let, let's see what happens. Because I realized that that's like one of the biggest scams going on. Mm-hmm. That's a good when point. You, that's a good point. That, that's not the man that's saying I'm ready to, I'm looking for a wife. They're, they're telling you, they're telling you up front, but I think sometimes we like to hear things a little bit differently than they're said to us. Like they're telling us that and we're saying, okay, well then there may be a potential. When right. what they're really telling us is that they're they're not interested in anything more than this is you know what i mean you know and i've had and i've had guys tell me that before 
on my third date with my husband, he said to me, I don't care what you say, I'm claiming you. And I think when he said that to me, it was like like something like went off, like a little ding ding went off in my head because I'm like, wow. Because essentially that's what you want. You know, when I look at somebody says to me, Tracy, what do you want? I want my very own man and I want to be his very own woman. You know, I don't want to share. I don't want to have to figure out today. Well, does he like me today as much as I think he likes me? I want to know because you make it clear. Exactly. And that clouded area, let's not put a label on it. I am so not with that anymore. Well, you know. I need a label. Can you write the label and give it to me with a string long enough so I can tie it around my wrist? You you have to be with someone who, again, is intentional and who you don't ever have to second guess where you stand with that person. You know, I've had women say to me, oh, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm his girlfriend. You know, like you don't want to be in that kind of relationship. You need to and be in a relationship. That's what you want. Exactly. I also think that when you had said that you don't want to break your, get your heart broken, and I totally agree with you on that, but a lot of what you share with somebody is based on what they earned. So you would not come out the gate giving up everything and trusting, every, like, use your intuition, use your spidey senses. You, everybody doesn't deserve to get everything that you have and I'm not just talking about physical. I'm just talking about everything that you want to share with somebody. They have to earn a lot of it. It's got to be earned. And then you'll no. know where to go and you start right. to trust because there's something that's going on that's a mutual thing. And I and I agree with what you're saying. Um, but what is this show that I'm watching? There's this reality show. Um that comes on the own channel, the oh, dating. I love that. Are you ready to love? Ready that, to love. And yeah. so many times I'm watching that and the men and women, they're like, oh, well, this person's not transparent. Like they're always talking about people not being vulnerable. You know, and it's like, okay, well, you know, you've met this person, you know, you've known them for two days. Like how vulnerable do you really want them to be? But it just seems like a, reoccurring theme where you know they want people to be vulnerable up front you know and yeah so I don't like, I know for a fact that I will struggle with being that vulnerable up front because I'm holding on to that band-aid you know blocking my heart I, I, I just don't know how many more heartaches I can take yeah, and you have to be careful with who you let and know that, what about. Know, hopefully that will change over time, Tracy, where you'll start. It, I think it's only going to change, Terry, when I meet the one that is intentional about mm -hmm. what his intentions are for me mm -hmm. in his life. Mm -hmm. That's when the guard will come down and when it's clear, you yeah. know, yeah. it's going to be clear. Yeah. Wow. Definitely. This was fun. This was a lot of fun. Michelle? I admire you guys. I am so happy for you. I'm a lover of love. I think it's fantastic. You're what, 15 or 16 months in now? I am 15 months in, I believe. 15 months in. So yeah. I wish you 36 and 33 years and more, just like my, my friends here. Oh, I stand corrected. It'll be 35. I can't 35? You can't do math wow. in your head? All right. Still, that's something 35. to think about for. That's a whole lifetime. It really is. I know. It really is. We wish you the best um, in 15 yes. months. So, and if you ever need any so advice, funny. you can always call one of us. <laughs> oh, you guys must have so much to give. <laughs> oh, my God. When I finally do get married, I know exactly what to do now. <laughs> We've had conversations. All righty. Well, you ladies have a wonderful evening. It was great speaking with you, and hopefully we'll get to speak again in the future. Right, Maybe in person. I need some warm weather. Absolutely. <laughs> Down. <laughs>
She'll be here soon. She'll be here soon. Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks, Michelle. Appreciate you sharing. All right. Okay. All right. Take Have care. Good evening. Bye bye. All right. All right. Well, that's a wrap, ladies. Pretty good. Pretty good. Interesting story, right? Yeah, I love to hear a good love story. A happy Me ending. Too. Me too. And it, and it doesn't only happen to young people. And she was 48 when she met him. And I was there that day and I had no idea what was going on. Zero. Did you and recognize just, him from your past? Or I just did. in conversation? No, I recognized him because we partied. You that know, is C so weird that he is from yeah. Long Island. Yeah, he's from Long Island. And CW Post, that was, you know, Terry, come on. Yeah, we were hanging. I mean, you were at University of Maryland, but when you did come around, we went to parties. Yes, we went to some parties, and he was always at the parties. He knew the DJs dancing, and so it's so funny how life just makes a complete circle. Full circle. I mean, it really is a small world. It really is. It really is. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Leslie, it's time for us to plan a Florida trip. I'm down for it. Well, I'm actually going to Florida in April to visit uh -huh. my husband's parents. So I'll be in New York in March. You'll be in, in March. Oh mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, we had a maybe June again. Okay, let's plan a June trip. Let's okay. do June. My family reunion. I think we're done. I don't know if we're doing them anywhere. Everybody's scared of COVID. They would want to come together. So I don't think we're having anything this year. But um June will probably be really nice. Really nice. All right. All right let's, let's wrap this up. It. Thank you for listening. This is Love Talk. And I am your host, Tracy Hines, with my co-host, Terry Saleh and Leslie Lee. Good night, everybody. Good, Good night. night.